0: Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Visit HomeThreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's HomeThreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. HomeThreads, love where you live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McKrispie Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So today, we're doing three questions because I want to answer Julie's third question from last week and also get to the two already on the schedule, and these should be pretty short, so let's just get to it. So for Julie, she wrote... Your best suggestion on how to get your child on board with the idea or concept of a no-gift birthday party. My daughter will turn three in November. For her first and second birthdays, we simply put on the invitation, no gifts, please, or instead of gifts, please consider donating to. But now that she's turning three, I'm not sure if she's old enough to be in on the decision of whether or not to do gifts at her birthday party. We hardly go to other kids' birthday parties, so she hasn't really seen the kids' opening presents at the party. And if she did, I don't think she really had any concept as to what was going on in why. I've allowed the grandparents and close relatives to buy her something, but we really don't want a bunch of crap. But I'm now wondering if I should have her in on the decision or not. What do you think she's likely to developmentally be able to handle? She's a fantastic talker and seems to grasp most things we tell her as well as any two and a half year old can. I just don't know if she'd even understand what I was trying to ask her and maybe I would just confuse her. So perhaps I should just make the decision for no gifts again. Any thoughts on this are greatly appreciated. So this is another great question from Julie, and I was very particular about the toys that for my kids when they were little, I still am, and I wanted fun but educational toys. And just like Julie, I didn't want a bunch of crap, plastic toys that wouldn't engage them for more than a few play sessions. So hence why also the class on educational toys. Those are the kinds of toys that we had and wanted and still do for our kids' play. And I've shared about this before too, but research also shows that too many toys is overwhelming and then toddlers and preschoolers won't go as deep into their play. They'll jump from one to the other. So less toys, high quality educational toys are what encourage young kids to use and develop their imaginations and therefore enhance their cognitive development. So I totally understand Julie's interest in a no gift party. So first I'm gonna go through some tips and ideas and then I'm gonna talk about developmentally where she is and what she might understand or struggle with so that you can make some decisions based on that. So first, some tips and ideas. First, no matter what you put and maybe you've already experienced this, you should probably expect gifts. Some people just can't help themselves and they'll want to bring a gift. But the smaller you keep the party, the less chance that you will get gifts or that you'll have more than a few and they won't be the center focus of the party. If you steer guests to another way of contributing without gifts, this can help too. So as you are saying, a donation to a charity, if you can get your daughter in on the charity of her choice, something she can pick. So some might donate fully or some might donate to the charity and also bring a small gift. This is another way. You could also let them know she's saving up to get a bigger gift, like a balance bike or something like that if she has something she's interested in. And ask them to contribute gift cards towards that and let them know the store, the online or brick and mortar store, that they could contribute towards that. You can also steer them into the direction of something experiential. So my go-to is arts and crafts supplies. So let them know off the bat it's an art party and that your daughter really likes art supplies or it's a book party and she wants to grow her book collection. Whatever you think would be interesting to her. So let me now talk about the development piece, because I know that wasn't really quite your question, Julie. You weren't trying to get ways around the gift party or the way that people could bring gifts and pull her in. So, but those are just some options of ways so that you're not ending up with a bunch of crappy toys that you don't really want around the house. So when it comes to your daughter's understanding of donations or not getting presents, Chances are she's probably not going to understand a lot of that yet. So if you want a no-gift party, then I would say you may just want to say, uh, just go ahead and make that decision of a no-gift party. If you think that she might be able to choose a charity of her choice, Then you could go that route, see if she can pick something, bring a few to her, something with animals, something with children, because at three, empathy is just starting to develop. But there's still a lot of the development of self, and this will start to wane more it'll be less about the self and start to notice other people and other people's feelings but this is just getting started so while i think you could begin to help her develop her empathy and her sense of gratitude by asking for donations of items this is just an idea donations of items for a children's hospital for instance or for the animal shelter, it might be hard if everything goes to the kids at the hospital and then none of the toys are for her, or maybe not. Now there's a rare child who is so naturally giving and full of empathy, but you could gauge this. So if you try this route, or you're thinking of going this route, I would check ahead with the charity, the animal shelter or the hospital, to make sure you and she can deliver the gifts directly to the children or animals. And of course, find out ahead of time what they really need. This way, she gets to experience the joy of giving and bringing joy and excitement to the kids or animals. But I also think that if you're gonna go the donations route, it would be really good to get her involved in that piece of it. So rather than just like a monetary donation, Doing some type of a material donation, like as in stuffed toys, blankets for the dogs at the animal shelter, that type of thing, because then she gets to experience that joy and see what it means to give. And also, especially with the kids at the hospital, and again, I don't know if they'll even let her in, I don't know if that's something they would do, that she could really learn about how lucky she is to be healthy and start to learn some gratitude in that way. And I think that's an amazing thing to be able to do if you're able to do something like that but if you still want to go the same route that you did last time just ask for some donations and just do the monetary donation and then get her something yourself for her birthday and not have gifts at the birthday party that's totally fine but I do think this is a concept that's without the physical delivery that she might that it's not something she's going to quite be able to grasp yet Okay, the next question is from Adriana, who wrote, Hi Erin, I'm a first-time mama to a 14-month little boy and I stumbled across your podcast when I was searching everywhere for some guidance when my son started throwing what I believe to be tantrums. I want to thank you so much for having your podcast and all the information and classes on your website. My husband and I have found this so helpful and appreciate your work so much. My question for today is in regards to pushback or tantrums that I get daily from my son primarily when I change his diaper. The transition from play or whatever activity we're doing during the day to having to change his diaper results in a full-blown kicking match at the changing table. I tell him about having to change his diaper a few times before I actually start to change his diaper and sometimes he'll come willingly to be carried and other times the tantrum starts the moment I pick him up. My main question is how to handle this. Do I just work through the tantrum and kicking to change his diaper as quickly as possible? Do I talk him through the tantrum? Do I wait for it to pass and try to change his diaper after he calms? Any suggestions and help are greatly appreciated. Please and thank you, Adriana. So Adriana's struggle is a common one. So this age, toddlers are so busy exploring, 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 and they just don't want to stop. They are little balls of energy. Now, the warnings ahead of time about diaper changes are always a great idea, so keep that up. It gives him the opportunity to get himself ready to stop what he's doing for a few minutes. Even if he doesn't take that opportunity, you're continuing to show him that respectful communication. You're letting him know what's about to happen. So there's two things I would recommend to make these go smoother. One is if you can do it right there rather than having to take him to his changing table in his room. I would do that. So bring everything to him. I have a changing blanket, the diaper, everything ready, any diaper cream, whatever you use when you change his diaper, available and ready to go. You can get it done much quicker and save a few minutes on taking him to his room. The second thing I would try is finding a toy or two that he can play with only during diaper changes. So this way he gets to explore something new and this may be enough to keep him from feeling like he's missing out on his playtime with his other toys or whatever activity he was doing. Then when it's done, he can go right back to playing or doing whatever it was before the change. Now, if he is putting up a struggle, I would go ahead and just get the changing done. If you you can wait until he's done with the tantrum and try, my guess is he'll just throw another fit. But if, you, if that's a problem and if he would just continually throw fits and you're waiting for him to be ready, he likely will never be ready. And then he's just dictating the diaper changes instead of you. And as the mom, you know when he needs change because you want to keep his skin rash free, obviously, because those rashes are no fun at all for anyone. So you definitely want to be able to keep those changes in a reasonable time frame. So if you think letting him work through the tantrum that's fine. You could try it once and see how it goes. If he calms down within a few minutes and you're able to get him changed, great. Otherwise, what you're doing is you're just kind of letting him dictate the diaper change. And that kind of opens a slippery slope for him dictating certain things that really um, should be up to you because you know you're doing it in his best interest. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. A R M O I R E dot style slash parenting to get up to fifty percent off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The next question is about technology from Khan and he wrote, "Hi Erin, I was wondering if you could cover the topic of technology in one of your podcasts, specifically smartphones, iPad use. I think you've covered something similar in the past, but I'd like." to request if you can advise. Should kids be given smartphones given their addictive nature? If yes, what age should they have their own personal smartphone? And strategies in managing the power struggles around the all my friends are on Snapchat or WhatsApp, thus feeling left out. So this is a great question. I've had to deal with this one myself. My now fifth grader started asking for a phone, I think a couple years ago in third grade. I got the whole, but all my friends have dot, dot, dot. So first thing that I thought about is phones are expensive, at least smartphones are, and no kid wants a cheap little flip phone or something like that. They all want an Android or an iPhone. So this bleeds into how responsible is your child. Will your child take care of it and not leave it somewhere arbitrary and forget it? Or will they leave it somewhere where it could get stolen? Will they really take care of it? It's basically like giving your child a $500 bill or somewhere around there depending on the phone to carry around. Would you trust your child with a $500 bill that they walk around holding and showing their friends all day long? Now when they're in school, they're not keeping it out all day long and I know schools have good rules about that, but then you have to pay the monthly service plan on top of it. And usually this is a contract and you're stuck in it. So if your child loses the phone, you're still stuck paying for the monthly fee. Can your child comprehend this? Does your child understand what $500 is plus the monthly service fee? So these are not inexpensive undertakings. When is the average child responsible enough? 13, maybe, maybe. What plan do you have in place if your child loses the phone? Does your child understand that people steal unless he's really careful with his phone, it could get stolen? In either case, if it's stolen or it gets lost, will it get replaced? If so, who will pay for it? Will you split it in some percentages? Will your child pay the monthly service fee or any portion of that? These are questions that are really important and they have to be answered before dropping money for the phone. So as I mentioned, my son was asking for a phone in third grade. Now my answer then was a flat out no. Last year, I told him if he shows me he can be responsible with his watch, and this is a GPS phone watch, for an entire year, then we can look into getting him a phone. Responsible means keeping it charged and wearing it to school every day. Guess what? He's in fifth grade now, and he still doesn't keep it charged or wear it to school every day. So it shows me that not only is he not responsible enough, it's not as important to him as he thought. Now at first I got a lot of the but all my friends have one argument which I know is unequivocally untrue because I know a lot of his friends and their moms and I know they don't have phones so when I listed off five kids who I know don't have phones and therefore it couldn't be all his friends then he listed off the four who do well of those four I only know two of them both of those sets of parents are divorced so they got their kids phones so they could communicate with their parent while at the other parent's house without having to rely on or go through the parent they're with in order to reach out to that other parent. Now their circumstances lent themselves to it being a more convenient way for everyone to communicate. But regardless of the circumstances, in instances with families I did not know, I just said he is not my child, you are. When you show me you can be responsible enough to take care of the phone, we will talk about it. Now, interestingly, that argument has fallen to the wayside and he's barely asked since the beginning of fourth grade. And I think he knows he hasn't done what he's needed to do in order to bring the conversation to the forefront. So this has actually been great for me. In addition to the cost and responsibility factor, the other is Does your child truly need one? Or maybe not need, but it would make life easier for everyone. Is she always going to after school activities or sports or pickup? is just a complete madhouse. Like in our school system, this is middle school. Middle school pickup is an absolute madhouse. And once he gets there and him having a phone will make life easier, but we'll see if he's responsible enough by then. But to be able to call him and say, here's where I'm parked, come find me at the car, will be a lot easier, but he's got two years to kind of get it together. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm not one to keep my child from having a social life, and when the time comes, and most kids have one, and they each have shown me their level of responsibility, that it's on par, then we'll work out the financial details of who pays for what monthly, and if it and what to do if it gets lost or stolen. Now, I'll likely have them work off some of the monthly payments in jobs unless the addition to our current plan is minimal. Then also, if it gets lost, they're gonna have to pay for all or most of the replacement, so these understandings are gonna have to be in place. That's a lot of money to have to come up with. Lastly, when You do get your child a cell phone. Do your research on how to use parental controls. What things kids are putting on their phones that may not be the safest apps or ones where they can get in over their heads. Where they might be talking to strangers or flirting with strangers, this type of thing. And they really need to be worldly about this. Learn where and how they can hide popular apps, and this is a common thing. They'll hide apps from their parents on their phone where you can't see it. So you need to have access to their phone, have parental controls on it, where certain apps they can't even download them, where you have the administrative password and they don't, they have the password to get on it, but not to add apps, that type of thing. There's a lot of ways you can control what goes on that phone and then you can see what's on it. You wanna talk with your kids about their internet and app usage and how everything, anything they post can be found by anyone at any time. Even if they do it now, five years down the road, anyone can find it. Grandma, your spiritual leader, if you attend a church or a temple or a mosque, college admissions offices, and college admissions offices are looking. We have a 16 year old niece who's been on Instagram for about the past three years. She is constantly posting rather overtly sensual pictures, mostly bikinis or short skirts, but very inappropriate facial expressions, I would say. You know, and her mom sees them because her mom actually likes her posts. And every time I see one of those, I just think, I know the college admissions where she applies may look her up and find those. And I feel bad because I'm sure no one has had that talk with her about what this means for her digital reputation. What message is she wanting to send to anyone but potential colleges or jobs or anyone else? So for more on this, I cover a lot of pitfalls, do's and don'ts around technology and social media for kids in this age in the class, Kids in Media 11 Plus. And these are some pretty important things, and I talk a lot about colleges and college admissions and things that they're looking for and things that they may find and how to help your kids make good decisions around all of that. And you can find that on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Modern Parenting section. Now back to Julie's question, for more on the development of empathy, cognitive, and all the other areas of development at each age and how to best support it, you can see the classes Your Developing Toddler, Your Developing Preschooler, and Your Developing Infant under the Health and Development section. Also, the class on educational toys is goes all the way from zero to teens, and it's under the education section. And to see samples of any of the 50-plus classes in positive discipline, development, health, education, and modern parenting, you can see them all on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.